Day 1 Chapter 1 Mason Seaforth was waiting. It was six o'clock in the morning, and the darkness in the suburbs had begun to ease. The sun would soon make its appearance for another day, causing the shadows to beat a hasty retreat. Mason was now restlessly sitting on the couch in the sunroom that belonged to him and his wife Samantha, or Sammy, as she was known to her friends. He was staring at the walls and thinking that if he smoked, now would be a good time to light one up. He hated waiting. Mason was a very punctual man and had always had the attitude that everyone's time is precious. He never wanted to give the impression that his time was more valuable than anyone else's. His wife was no different. She had always had the same attitude as he did, and together they'd earned the reputation of being the early Seaforths. That's what made this so unusual and frightening at the same time. Mason was waiting for Sammy. It had started out to be an amazing 24 hours. They had spent the day relaxing, exploring the area around St. Petersburg, Florida, and enjoying each other's company. It was that delightfully peaceful time of year on the beach between the departure of the snowbirds back to the north and the invasion of the tourists from Europe. They had wandered around John's Pass at Madeira Beach, leisurely strolling in and out of the various shops lining the walkways. They had held hands as they walked along the beach, feeling the sun drenching their skin. As they did so, the wind rustled through the palm fronds, sending shivers through the tall grass that separates the beach from the traffic noise on the street. They looked into each other's eyes as they enjoyed crab-stuffed mushrooms washed down with coronas at Scully's, their favorite hangout. It was their twentieth wedding anniversary, and Mason had never been happier. At forty-eight, he was in the prime of his life. He was a mild-mannered accountant who had worked his way into the position of owning his own firm. He worked hard at his one-person operation, but that suited him just fine as it gave him the flexibility to come and go as he pleased. Since meeting Sammy 22 years ago, she had become his entire world. She worked as a financial advisor in the bank where Mason kept his investments. But it wasn't until Mason decided he needed additional advice on his current fixed-interest-rate instruments that their paths actually crossed. The attraction was instant and intense. As he walked through the door of her office, he couldn't help but notice how attractive Sammy was. And when she spoke, Mason's heart skipped a beat. Her dark auburn hair was drawn back off her face, emphasizing her beautiful features. Her green eyes were large and seemed to draw him in as he advanced towards the chair. Her lips were full, a feature he had always found attractive. When she stood to greet him, he noticed her business attire of a pale yellow blouse and dark skirt on her shapely five-foot-five frame business attire to anyone else, but to Mason it was beyond sexy. 
Sammy's confidence and professionalism, along with her beauty, won him over in a way no other woman ever had. And after making up excuses to go back and see her a few more times for financial advice, he worked up enough courage to invite her out. After a short courtship, they were married, and life for Mason had been wonderful with every passing year. At 46, Sammy was two years younger than her husband, and still very attractive. Mason was only too aware of the admiring glances that inevitably came her way as they walked down the street. But he felt confident that she was more attracted to him than she could ever be to anyone else. Their anniversary had been perfect. They had agreed to celebrate the entire day together, and the hours had flown by as they drank too much wine and ate too much steak and lobster over a candlelight dinner at home. They laughed as they donned bibs and sprayed juice from the cook's lobster everywhere while cracking the hard shells. Reminiscences came easily, and they shared memories that would only be funny to them. As she loved to do, Sammy teased Mason about how he'd run into the wall in the dark in their hotel room while they were on their honeymoon. She unsuccessfully tried to stifle the wine-soaked gales of laughter as she recalled the black eye that Mason sported for the rest of the trip. When dinner was finished and the last of the wine consumed, they brought their anniversary to a close by heading into the bedroom early and making love passionately. As Mason reflected on that part of the evening, he recalled that their clothes had come off urgently on the way to the bed with an intensity that was unusual even for them. He also recalled that Sammy seemed even more passionate than usual. When they were finished, she had tears in her eyes and her voice quavered slightly when she told him she loved him. But she'd assured him it was only because her feelings were so strong and she was only thinking about how happy she was. Afterwards, they had both fallen into the deep sleep that only love-making brings. Around 4 a.m., Mason had awoken. He felt that something had awakened him. He felt confused and groggy, but he forced himself out of bed and staggered to the bathroom. He was sure his stupor was not only from sleep, but strongly enhanced by the effects of the large quantities of wine they had consumed just hours earlier. He could still smell the lingering scent of Sammy's perfume. As he stood naked in front of the mirror, washing his hands, he smiled at the thought of the last 24 hours, and his tired reflection smiled back. Mason shut off the bathroom light before opening the door so as not to awaken the slumbering Sammy. As he felt his way around the bottom of the bed in the blackness, he thought that she must be curled up on the far side because he only felt empty space where her feet should have been. As he climbed into bed, he suddenly sensed an eerie emptiness in the room that shouldn't have been. He reached across the bed to fold Sammy into his arms. She wasn't there. With a jolt, Mason got up again, battling the stupor that he was still feeling, 
and threw on the blue robe Sammy had given him last Christmas. He unplugged his cell phone from the charger in the bedroom and glanced at it as he always did when he first got up. There had been no calls. He went downstairs to the living room. No Sammy. Their daughter Jennifer had left for college earlier in the year. And they both missed her dearly, so he went back upstairs to check her room. Maybe Sammy was missing Jennifer a little more because of their anniversary and had decided to spend the last part of the night in Jennifer's bed. But she wasn't there either. Mason padded down the hall to the room they had converted to an office. But again, there was no sign of Sammy. He called out nervously into the silence. Sammy? Sweetheart? Where are you? There was no response. He decided to check their favorite room, a combination sunroom-slash-entertainment area. They often spent their mornings there sipping coffee, or evenings together with Sammy curled up beside him on the couch to watch something they had mutually agreed upon after much playful negotiation. They had splurged a while ago on a 60-inch TV and determined that the sunroom would be the place for it. Now, Mason wondered if maybe Sammy couldn't sleep after all the wine and was watching TV quietly with the headphones on. He made his way into the room to check, hoping against hope to find her there. His heart sank when there was no glimpse of Sammy. A creeping uneasiness began mounting against Mason's will. He went to the back door, turned on the outside light, and stared out into the darkness of the backyard through the window. His hand shook slightly as he unlocked the door, hesitated, then called out for Sammy into the night. There was no answer. Mason went back inside and opened the door leading from the front hall to the garage to see if she might have gone there for some reason. He switched on the light as his bare feet felt the coldness of the two steps to the gray concrete floor of the garage. He walked around his Audi, checking inside the vehicle as he went. There was barely room to walk between the tools hanging on the wall and the sides of his car, but he squeezed by to open the garage door to the driveway to ensure that her Miata sports car was still there. It stared back, mocking him. After closing the garage door again, Mason returned back inside. He stood frozen, uncertain and increasingly tense. What was going on? Where was Sammy? Where was his wife? Mason couldn't think. He still felt strange and detached, almost as if he was in a dangerous dream that wasn't real. Why couldn't he wake up? And now it was 6 a.m. The sun would be coming up momentarily. There was no Sammy and no question of going back to bed. So Mason finally went to the sunroom couch where he sat despondently, waiting and flipping distractedly through magazines. But he couldn't focus on the words in front of his eyes. The anniversary clock they had been given by his parents sat on the mantel ticking loudly interrupting the silence that permeated the room. 
Each tick was a reminder that his wife was gone and he was alone. Then a moment of hope sprang forward. What if Sammy hadn't been able to get back to sleep and had decided to go for a walk in their quiet residential neighborhood? It was, after all, a very safe community. She was in all likelihood just out for some fresh air to clear her head, especially if she'd felt as groggy as he did. Sammy never went anywhere without her cell phone, and if she had gone out for a walk, she would certainly have taken the phone with her. He reached for his own phone and dialed Sammy's number. The number rang, and rang, and rang again. Mason held his breath. Please, Sammy, please pick up, he whispered. On the sixth ring, he heard Sammy's confident voice message. You have reached Samantha Seaforth. Please leave a message, and I will call you back. In a shaking voice, Mason heard himself doing as she asked. Sweetie, it's Mason. I'm leaving a message. Where are you? Please call me back right away. It had been two hours since he first noticed Sammy was gone.